with your main chip Washington. When it comes to information, the main got an arsenal. Bring you up to speed with what you need. He's a local and nationwide news feed. Let's talk about it. Dialect to do something about it. Chip got the flow wide open if you got questions about it. Man, it's the show that brings you to your raw. To solve all problems, it starts with real talk. Real talk. this Monday evening. Chip here. Uh, glad to be with you. We're sounding hollow tonight for some particular reason, but uh, hopefully we will get that straightened out. Your humble host here, Chip Washington, on this Monday evening. It is the 17th day of uh, July, 2023. We're, we're, we're sounding really hollow, uh, Lola, on the, on the mics here. Uh, but anyway, I think you can hear me. I hope you can. If, you're, if it sounds tinny, y'all send me a note on Facebook Live. Uh, glad to have you with us. Six o'clock straight up. Yes, very tinny. Uh, six o'clock straight up on this Monday evening. And uh, of course, uh, we have a good show for you in store for you tonight, uh, as we always do. First and foremost, very glad to have you with us uh, this evening. I'm glad to be here. I hope you're glad to be here as well. And for the next hour <clears throat> or so, we are going to uh, give you some information, some news that you can use. Testing that this is the one. This is the one. Uh, okay, we got we got all these mics going on over here, and we need to try to figure out <laughs> what the logistics are. But in any event, I think you can hear me now. Test one, test two. Uh, we do have a good show for you tonight. We're going to talk about a variety of subjects as we always do, and uh, you know, of course, uh, uh, how do you get us? How do you find us? Uh, how do you hear this fine piece of radio broadcasting right now live on ninety one point seven WYXR? Uh, on the FM side. Of course, we are uh, always on the uh, WYXR app. You can find us. You can find us on the TuneIn app. Uh, we are on Facebook Live. And when the show posts tomorrow afternoon, uh, you can find us on YouTube. And as we are a podcast, uh, you can find us wherever it is you get your podcast. So uh, as I said before, uh, it's another uh, Manic Monday in the city. We had a nice weekend, a nice weekend weather-wise. It was beautiful. The heat pump is about to uh, uh, resume uh, its motion. Uh, the next few days, we're going to see temperatures in the mid to upper 90s, heat indices uh, about 1.5 to 1.10. So, you know, the hot weather rules apply because it is still a summer time in the city. So, uh, as, I, as I stated earlier, uh, we're going to be talking to a, a number of folks. The first guest that we're going to have in just a few minutes her name is Shanika Walls, and Shanika is a life coach. And uh, for those of you who don't know what a life coach is, 
Well, she is a certified life coach and uh, instructor. She will tell you all about it and why it's good for you and why it's good for people you may know who are dealing with a few things and, and how to sort of balance your life out. So I look forward to that conversation. A little bit later on, we're going to be speaking with uh, U.S. Marshal Tyrese Miller. Uh, he is the U.S. Marshal for the Western District of Tennessee. And, of course, recently they were in town uh, to talk about uh, a, uh, a uh, furthering of the partnership uh, with uh, our local law enforcement. They met with uh, Mayor Strickland and uh, Chief Davis and Sheriff Bonner uh, to talk about the escalation in crime and what they are going to do to try to help uh, calm things down, uh, as it were. Uh, and a bit later on in the show, of course, uh, each and every year, uh, the Orpheum Theater, which is known for some uh, bringing some of the finest plays uh, to our city, uh, is going to start their new season. Uh, and uh, we are going to be speaking with Brett Batterson. Brett is the president and CEO of the Orpheum Theater Group. And he's going to lay out uh, what uh, you can expect uh, this season in terms of some great plays and also talk about this new Walk of Fame that they uh, have incorporated uh, in front of the uh, Halloran Center. So that ought to be uh, rather interesting as well. Uh, glad you're uh, along with us for the ride. I hope you stick with us uh, for the hour. And uh, before we move on, of course, this is the time of the broadcast where we celebrate you. Uh, it is no small feat. Uh, to make another trip around the sun uh, as Lola recently had about a week or so ago. And <laughs> he's over here waving. Uh, and uh, many of you, a uh, lot of July babies, a lot of July babies uh, in, uh, in the area. Uh, so this is the time of the bro program. This is the part of the program where we salute you uh, by giving you the big shout out for making it another year. But I can't say anything about that until I say, hit it, Lola. Happy birthday, happy birthdays going out to the following individuals. Terrence, TK Kelly, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Yvette Hodges. Roz Davis celebrating today, as is Elisa McChristian. Samantha Driscoll, happy birthday to you. Billy Bullard celebrating today. Happy birthday, Donna Snipes. Cassandra Lee, happy birthday going out to Deb Dockery. Gwen Ector celebrating her birthday today. And a good friend of mine, a longtime friend of mine, Katina Rankin, celebrating her birthday on this date, as is a former colleague of mine, uh, Veronica Jackson. And ladies and gentlemen, if you just finished listening to Level Lola before uh, my broadcast, uh, she has a birthday. Lola, go ahead. Mike's yours. Happy birthday, Mr. Lakeith Hopkins. I hope you enjoyed it. Well, you know, it's always fun to celebrate, yeah, right? especially when it's cancer season. I mean, I have, like, rose petals stuck between my toes from people throwing them at my feet all month. Just, just, <laughs> I just don't even know what to say behind that. You love me, too. I do, I do. So, ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to each and every one of you celebrating a birthday. If you had one over the weekend or you have one coming up this week. Uh, and uh, may uh, your celebration be filled with love and laughter. And we look forward to being with you again next year for your next trip around the sun. Thank you, Lola. So um, it was a pretty uh, hectic weekend in terms of the violence in the city. Uh, I think uh, last 48 hours we saw eight people shot, one dead. Uh, several people died over the weekend, including a 14-year-old boy, juvenile, who was shot and killed at an apartment complex on Saturday afternoon. Uh, Ashanti Dillard, 
uh, approached, this is the female, approached three teens uh, who were get, gathered by the swimming pool uh, and uh, started uh, getting into a verbal altercation back and forth. She accused one of, the t- of these individuals uh, of assault. Next thing you know, another person appears with a gun, a semi-automatic, and started firing at the teens, striking and killing the 14-year-old uh, on site, uh, wounding two others uh, who appear to be like they're going to be okay. She's charged with aggravated assault uh, and attempted first-degree murder and first-degree murder. The individual who actually pulled the trigger has not been found yet, uh, but uh, the search is on. So again, another very tragic loss uh, of, a, of, of a very young a person. Uh, so let's see here. Uh, there was a story uh, earlier today about a press conference that the uh, uh, the uh, U.S. Attorney for the Western District uh, held to talk about uh, something called Glock switches. Glock switches are actually illegal, and what they do is they turn semi-automatic weapons into automatic weapons. Extraordinarily dangerous, extraordinarily dangerous. And so uh, they, uh, they, they, they kind of put on a demonstration at the range today and basically said, uh, you know, they are illegal, uh, and if anybody is caught doing that, uh, caught with a Glock switch, uh, that's up to 10 years in federal prison. So, you know, I mean, again, don't say you have been warned because you were just warned. Uh, The county commission uh, this afternoon was tasked with picking a replacement for former school uh, board member Shalisa Harris. Remember, she uh, she resigned a couple of weeks back, a few weeks back. Uh, Well, they uh, had a field of eight individuals that they were going to uh, choose from. And congratulations goes out to uh, Mauricio Calvo. Uh, He was named to fill that uh, interim uh, seat. Uh, and that will be uh, for uh, at least another year. The election uh, for the school board is uh, in 2024, but Mauricio uh, will start immediately uh, as he was named the interim uh, school board member uh, this afternoon. He's also the uh, CEO of uh, Latino Memphis. Congratulations, uh, Mauricio Calvo. Uh, there will be some fine representation among the Hispanic community now that he is a member of that school board. So I look forward to it. He's a fine man, and he will do an absolutely extraordinary uh, job. So uh, we talked a little bit about uh, the mayoral election. Now, a lot of you still aren't paying a lot of attention to it. Uh, there are 14 candidates right now uh, in this race, and I don't know if any thinning is going to happen anytime soon, but it needs to. Uh, right now, of course, uh, there was an informal poll held mm, about uh, last month sometime, uh, and former Mayor Willie Harrington is out front right now. He is the uh, preferred candidate. Uh, uh, then, and then uh, let's see here. We see Van Turner. Uh, and Sheriff Bonner are the next two in line. I think uh, Harrington had about 13%. Uh, the two I just mentioned had about 9%. Paul Young uh, is, uh, is coming on fast. Uh, he's at 8%. Uh, and leading the fundraising uh, in terms of uh, the campaign finances, uh, close to $600,000 uh, he has raised so far. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, a lot of folks raising money, a lot of folks trying to, you know, get their name out there, trying to impress you. Uh, you know, you have to do something. You have to spend money in order to get people's attention, especially if you're in the lower tier of candidates. So we'll keep a close eye on it and see uh, what happened, uh, what happens in terms of that. Uh, that's about it for my news and notes uh, on uh, this Monday evening. We are 
going to take our first time out. Look at that dog. You know, they allowed, we're over here at Crosstown, right? Concord, uh, Crosstown uh, Concourse. And, you know, they allow folks to bring their dogs and their pets. You know, some beautiful dogs that that woman has walking around over here. Just make sure you keep the plastic bag and the scooper handy. We're going to take our first break when we come back. We're going to get into the show. What do you say? Facebook Live line. Thank you all. Let's see here. Who is watching here tonight? Uh, my pastor, Jonathan Jamal Reynolds, uh, is watching. Uh, he posted something uh, about a barbecue shop uh, in Paducah, Kentucky, where he used to pastor. And he said yesterday that while Memphis has some very good barbecue, there's nothing like the barbecue he had. I think it's Shanks, I believe that's what it's called, barbecue in Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, he said uh, he drove. Uh, he was he had went went back there yesterday and he said or Saturday. And when he drove back to town, he said uh, you would find me in front of my house uh, eating a barbecue sandwich uh, at two o'clock in the morning. Uh, with some with some with some Fritos or Cheetos or whatever, <laughs> yeah, so we'll have to check that out. Uh, and he also says, "All hail to the July birthdays." Let's see. Uh, my first guest is watching. I see her right now on the monitor. Uh, also, my brother is watching from Los Angeles, California. What's up, Mike? Uh, Jay Worth, GKP. I see you, man. I see you. Uh, Audrey Hill is checking us out this evening. So yeah, thank you all for uh, checking us out. Bring more folks in. More folks, more folks, more folks. Our first break of the night, and we will be back with our first guest on this edition of Real Talk Memphis right after this. Don't go away. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR is supported by Graceland Live, presenting Morrissey on Saturday, October 14th at the Graceland Soundstage. The lead singer of The Smiths will perform songs from his catalog spanning over four decades, including songs from his most recent solo album, I Am Not a Dog on a Chain. More information at GracelandLive.com. WYXR continues studio sessions presented by Nympho with a deep listening of Zwider Z's self-titled 1975 LP. Hear the unheralded sounds of one of Memphis's lesser-known power pop gems with guidance from guest hosts and WYXR personalities Pat Sinstone and Janet Wilson. Meet us at Memphis Listening Lab at 6 p.m. on July 19th to bear witness to it all. RSVP for the free event at stereosessions.wyxr.org. This stereo session is brought to you by Mempho Presents, Crosstown Brewing Company, Via Productions, Memphis Listening Lab, and End of All Music. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. There's something yes, new to sip on this spring from WYXR and Crosstown Brewing Company. Nah, I ain't talking about scissor. I'm talking about a beer with big flavor. Flavor. And every bit of it you put in your mug helps our mission to provide the realest music, talk, events, and more for Memphis music culture and community. It's called Clear Smoke. Yeah, that's what I'm sipping on. Sipping on. What about you? Crosstown Brewing Company supports WYXR with initiatives and collaborations like Clear Smoke to increase the impact and influence of Memphis creatives across the globe. Find more information about this limited edition brew online at crosstownbeer.com. 
Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR. And he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this uh, beautiful Monday evening in the city. Although uh, the weather folks are saying we could get some rain a bit later on, but we'll deal with that later on. Welcome back to the broadcast. And uh, my first guest tonight is uh, is very experienced in uh, what she does. And I know you probably have heard the term, but you don't necessarily know what it means. Uh, but she's going to explain it to us. Her name is Shanika walls and she is a certified life coach and she joins me now and Shanika it is good to see you and welcome to Real Talk Memphis. Yep, it's great to see you as well thank you for having me. No no problem at all so let, let's get the particulars out of the way first for folks who don't really know what a life coach is or what a life coach does give us a, a definition of what you do. Okay so a life coach is someone who helps their clients go from good to better or from better to best. Mm. Uh, what we do is we focus, there's there's three pillars to life coaching. Um, it's client-centered, which means we focus primarily on the client, the client's needs, the client's agenda, and the client's goals. It's forward focus, so we help move clients forward. If clients are in a particular stage or state in their lives, where they just need extra support, extra help to get from good to better, better to best, then a life coach can come along and actually help them move the agenda, move the needle, and move them closer to their goals. And then lastly, it's action-oriented. So we um, really work with our clients to make sure that they put actionable items in place to help them with whatever goals or issues or concerns or problems they have, and we help to hold them accountable. Now, you're quick to say that you're not a counselor, per se. Uh, so there is a difference uh, between what you do as a life coach and what a counselor does. What, what, what is the difference there? Yeah, it's a great question because most people um, understand life coaching better when they understand what life coaching is not. So life coaching is not counseling. So we don't tell our clients what to do. We don't give advice. Um, life coaching is not therapy so we don't uh diagnose emotional behavioral issues we don't deal with past trauma and hurts and and, and things of that nature if we have a client that actually reveals those type of things during our coaching sessions we can refer them to therapy we can even refer them to counseling but we really try to help the client remain focused on forward moving goals and forward moving um agendas so uh there are a lot of, of of different types of helping professions you've got mentoring where people actually give advice based on their own personal experiences so we are an advocate for mentoring we're an advocate for therapy if we find that someone really uh, is struggling with some severe issues severe depression anxiety things that uh, are more traumatic in nature then we absolutely would refer them to therapy and even if it's just emotional or relationship problems where they're just seeking to get a problem solved or counseling might be a benefit, then we would certainly refer to counseling. But if you've got someone who's presenting you with an it, and we all have an it. Mm -hmm. um, so when a client brings it to us as a coach, 
we help them to overcome it and move it forward. Uh, and oftentimes a client will bring it to us. And during the course of discovery, powerful questions, uh, the whole uh, insightful experience and partnership, mm. they may find that whatever it is really isn't the problem at all. Um, so we do a lot of self-discovery, a lot of insight to really help our clients move again from good to better and from better to best. So uh, having said that, I, I know you and I talked uh, offline a little bit. And what interested me uh, most about all of this is uh, we all know that these days mental health is a big issue. Uh, it is becoming more spoken it is becoming more talked about uh and you know so people can get more help talk to me a little bit about uh the mental health component and how you all as life coaches can help a person dealing with that well the beauty of life coaching is that if you're trained properly trained and certified in the art of life coaching you can help with a bevy of issues whether it's relationship whether it's spiritual whether it's financial whether it's fitness whether it's mental health, if you learn the basic tools around life coaching and the basic principles, you can basically coach a client on anything. Uh, what I found is, particularly with mental health coaching, which I've done um, as well, is that if we if we help to get in front of a lot of issues through coaching, because coaching for me is like the precursor to a lot of the other helping professions. If we can get in front of it with coaching, where we can identify that there are some issues bubbling or brewing, and we can help you overcome high level stress, or we can help you overcome mild anxiety, or if we can help you overcome mild to moderate depression, we can give you the tools and the tips and the techniques you need to help you deal with the issues and really coach you and not necessarily the problem. So we're giving you the tools giving you the tools that you need to help you with your it. If we can do that, even from a mental health standpoint, we can get in front of a lot of the um, brewing and blossoming issues that later developed into a severe condition uh, where we see uh, play out in the media and play out in the news. So a lot of times if we can get in front of it early and identify it through coaching, then we can help solve a whole lot of mental health issues. I think what I'm getting from you in this conversation, and you can tell me if I'm wrong or not, but it seems like your role really is, as, as a life coach, uh, is to uh, inspire a trust uh, from the individual that comes to you and the individual that you deal with. I, 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 am I on base with that? That's absolutely true. That's actually one of the competencies that we teach at Nova Life Coach Academy, which uh, is my Life Coach Training Academy, which is also one of the principles of the life coaching profession. Uh, we have a governing body called ICF, which governs the coaching profession. And as a credentialed and accredited uh, certified life coach, I adhere to those principles. Mm -hmm. So I have to adhere to the principles of being ethical in my business. I have to adhere to the principle of establishing trust and safety with my clients. I have to adhere to the principles of uh, maintaining the agreements that I have with my client to deliver the type of service that I do. So cultivating trust and safety is a huge compo component, not just from an ethical standpoint, but having uh, that connection and that relationship with the client where they can be open with you and they can be vulnerable with you. Um, and it allows you to help them and support them in whatever it that they have. 
You wrote a book uh, not too long ago. Uh, tell us a little bit about. I think it's, was it Seven Seconds? I can't remember exactly yeah. the title of it, but uh, I'm say again. Yes, it's called Seven Second Life Lessons. I actually have a copy here. Okay. Seven Second Life Lessons. Okay. Um, and it's it's um, an amazing book for several reasons, and not just because I wrote it. Uh, it's amazing because it has over four hundred. Uh, practical life lessons for you to go through on a daily basis. It only takes seven seconds a day. You read your lesson for the day, and then I have a component in there. So it's really three books in one. It's a coaching companion because I have the life lessons right. for every day. Right. Um, and then I have a section where I expand on what the lesson means. Uh, you've heard of Wi-Fi. I call it the why my, which is what I mean is. That stands for what I mean is. So I go deeper and explain exactly what I mean by the life lesson and then there's a journaling component to the book where you can actually journal your thoughts your reactions your responses to the lesson so you make it practical and applicable for you and that's really what coaching is about it's about you like i said earlier it's client focused it's not about me telling you what to do it's not about me giving you advice you bring your it to me we dig deeper into it we uncover what it is what's what's holding it back what's in the way of it what's blocking it and we move it forward so that's what coaching is really about so for those who are are less than curious about having a coach and maybe want to just explore the ideas and the insight of the coaching profession the book is an excellent tool so i would highly recommend it okay uh so before i let you get out of here of course uh you know that that, that sounds like a, a a very fascinating tool that book that you just that you uh, talked about that you wrote if folks are interested in either learning more about you or the academy that you work at, or purchasing uh, your book, uh, if they're interested, give us the information. Absolutely, the book is available through all major booksellers, Amazon, Books A Million, Barnes and Noble, et cetera. Um, and it's also available on our website, uh, the Coaching Academy, which uh, I'm the founder of is Nova Life Coach Academy. And it's NovaLifeCoachAcademy.com mm -hmm. is the website. You can find information about me, the services, my contact information. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a certified life coach, there's a wealth of information on the site about participating in one of the certification programs. There's two levels to the program. So there's all that information there on the site. Uh, and if you're just curious about the coaching profession and want to talk more about it, I'd be happy uh, to talk with anyone through that process. Um, so just uh, go to the website, all my contact information's there, but amazon.com, or you can actually purchase the book through the website on novalifecoachacademy.com. It's very interesting uh, what you do, fascinating, uh, in fact, and, and there's a lot of people I'm sure who could probably utilize uh, your services. Listen, I want to thank you for coming on the show tonight. Uh, it, it was uh, it was. Really good talking to you and learning uh, about the uh, aspects of what you do versus what other folks do, uh, you know, in terms of counseling and a lot of other. And it's like you're just trying to find the it, like you said before, which is which is you got you got to start from somewhere. And uh, I would imagine that that's the place to start. Uh, Shanika Walls, thank you so much for coming on the show tonight. I really enjoyed the conversation and you're welcome back anytime. Yes. Love to be back. Thank you so much, Chip. Have a great night. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. That was a very, very good conversation, ladies and gentlemen. Again, uh, if you're interested in uh, finding out more about this, uh, you, uh, she told you how, how you can reach her. And, uh, uh, you know, Nova Life Coach, that, that's that's her company, and that's what she does for a living. And I thought she gave some sound 
an interesting uh, advice. Great conversation. We're going to take another break, and when we come back, we are going to shift gears, and we're going to talk a little bit uh, about law enforcement and its role in trying to calm down the madness that is happening in our city. This is Real Talk Memphis for a Monday night. I'm Chip. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. MIFA's Meals on Wheels program serves more than 700,000 meals to seniors across Memphis and Shelby County each year. MIFA depends on volunteers to deliver many of those meals, and the volunteers may be the only person the seniors see that day. If you would like to be part of MIFA's long tradition of service and to learn more about volunteering, more information can be found at mifa.org wyx The Sunset Jazz at Court Square Concert Series is back every second Sunday, May through October, featuring Memphis's top jazz artists at 62 North Main in downtown Memphis. More information and the lineup are available at sunsetjazzmemphis.com. WYXR is community radio, so why not help us spread our sound through the community? Be a part of our growth by sharing our station and our mobile app with a friend. Visit us at WYXR underscore Memphis on social and tag your closest pals. Let someone you love know about 91.7 FM. It's easy. Our sound is made just for you, so let's make it louder. Are you ready to dive into the soulful depths of Memphis's guitar history? Join WYXR and the Memphis Museum of Science and History for The Way They Play, The Deeper Groove, on Wednesday, July 20th at 6 p.m. This extraordinary night will feature Memphis guitarists who will share their stories and insights into the guitar's role in shaping the city's iconic sound. The discussion will occur at Mosh and include local guitarists such as Alicia Trout, Steve Selvage, Madam Frankie, and WYXR's own Robbie Gray. More information can be found at moshmemphis.com. The way they play, the deeper groove, is funded in part by a grant from Humanities Tennessee, an independent affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. Welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip with you. Uh, and uh, look, there is no secret uh, about the fact that many of us uh, in our city and our county are very concerned uh, about the escalation of violence uh, that we see in our streets uh, each and every day. Uh, recently, there was a uh, meeting of the minds, uh, so to speak. Uh, the U.S. Marshal Service, the head of the Marshal Service, uh, was here from Washington, D.C. to meet with uh, Mayor Strickland, uh, Chief Davis, and, and several other law enforcement uh, leaders 
to discuss uh, ways uh, that the Marshall Service uh, can even be more of a help than they are right now. And to that end, I, I wanted to have uh, <clears throat> someone on, on the show uh, to talk a little bit about this. He is the U.S. Marshal for the Western District of uh, Tennessee. His name is Tyrese Miller. And Marshall, uh, Tyrese, Marshall Miller, it is glad to, I'm glad to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on Real Talk. I appreciate it. I, absolutely. I appreciate this opportunity, appreciate this forum to share with your listeners uh, what the Marshall Service is doing to serve, serve the Memphis community. Absolutely. So I guess let's start at the beginning. Uh, how long have you been uh, here as the U.S. Marshal in the Western District? I have 26 years of law enforcement experience uh, in I used to work for the Jackson Police Department in Jackson, Tennessee, uh, worked my way up from a patrol officer all the way up to deputy chief of police. And in July of 2020, I was appointed U.S. Marshal. So I've been here just over three years in Memphis. Okay, so uh, and having said that, for folks uh, who really don't know or understand the role of the Marshal Service, first, you are a federal uh, you are you fall under the federal banner. But but if you had to describe uh, the duties of uh, the Marshal Service, uh, how would you describe it? I think I would describe it. So uh, make it on easiest terms to understand. We are equivalent to the sheriff for the federal government. So we uh, are we um, not only do we arrest uh, fugitives, but any federal agency whether it be FBI, DEA, ATF, Secret Service, Homeland Security, if they make an arrest, they bring them to the federal building and we process federal detainees. So when I say process them, we book them in, we photograph them, we fingerprint them, uh, we house them uh, in a federal detention facility and we bring them to court anytime they have a court proceeding. That is the uh, that, that's, the, that's something we've done since we've been created in 1789 mm -hmm. when George Washington appointed the first 13 U.S. Marshals over the original 13 states. Since that time, we've been uh, we've been the the enforcement arm of the federal courts. So that's that's probably the the thing that we we're most known for. What, uh, of course, uh, as I alluded to at the at the at the top here, uh, you know, the violence uh, in our city is is, uh, is is escalating at a pretty good rate. Sure. Uh, and of course, uh, you all had a meeting with uh, some of the local leaders here in town, the mayor and the police chief and a lot of others. Uh, your your boss was here from D.C. Uh, what was uh, what what was uh, I mean, I, as much as you can discuss it, sure. uh, what, what was discussed in that meeting? And more importantly, uh, how can you, as the U.S. Marshals, uh, you know, maybe increase your presence or or help uh, in in what we're dealing with, which seems to be a bit challenging at this point in time? Yeah, I'm happy to answer that. Uh, so throughout our history, we've had many different missions, and uh, one of the things that we're really good at is we're find, finding fugitives. If you think back to the old Wild West days when somebody uh, headed west. Uh, the marshals will go after them because we n we're not confined by state boundaries. Mm -hmm. so we don't have any, we're not limited by uh, uh, local jurisdictions. We can call state lines. And so we're really good at finding fugitives. Uh, and that was kind of formalized with the Presidential Threat Act of 2000. And what that gave us the ability to do is to adopt state warrants. And, and so we are federal law enforcement officers. We enforce federal laws, but we also are able to assist our local partners with arresting people wanted on state warrants. So we don't have to have permission to, we we, we, we will adopt the case. First, we have to be in, uh, invited or ask for our assistance. We will adopt a state case, a state warrant. Mm -hmm. So uh, one of the, a lot of times we go after murderers, 
uh, robbery suspects, carjackings, uh, things like that. And and we've been we've been doing this for a while. Uh, since 2000, we've arrested over 3,100 people in this uh, who were wanted for crimes in the city of Memphis. Uh, 500 of those were wanted for homicides. Oh wow! We've arrested, we recovered over 400 guns. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this for a while. Uh, uh, and when the director came, he came because Memphis is, uh, as you mentioned, we're at a we're at a Memphis is at a crossroads. Yeah, uh, it was it's been identified based on crime data. Memphis is, was identified as one of the most violent cities uh, in the United States, and so we are targeting uh, uh, not not necessarily particular areas, but we were targeting particular individuals in those cities who are prone to violence. So we're going after your trigger pullers. We're going after your shot callers. We're going after the people wanted for uh, homicides, robberies, rapes, uh, things like that. And so the so the director came in town just to have a roundtable discussion with community leaders, uh, Memphis Police Chief Davis, um, somebody from the Sheriff's Department was represented. And we just want to we want to not only tell you that we're here to help, but also listen to see what the, get a pulse for the city, see what the city wants, see what the city needs and see how we can uh, partner. Does that also mean an increased presence uh, from your particular uh, end of law enforcement? Yes, it does. So so what you'll see is you will see, um, well, the, the average citizen may not see them, but I can guarantee you uh, suspects who want it will see us, mm-hmm. they'll feel us. Mm-hmm. We will be out there doing, doing an operation. Uh, that operation kicked off today. Uh, just today, we arrested, uh, at last check, we'd arrested 17 individuals wanted for violent crimes. And I'm talking about the most heinous crimes. I'm not talking about your misdemeanors or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be doing a, uh, a we're, we're doing a target operation in, in the city of Memphis. Uh, and we're going to be out there uh, just in, with increased numbers. We have uh, deputy marshals who have been, who are not necessarily assigned to Memphis. We have, we're bringing in extra resources to to kind of uh, uh support what we already what we're already doing here yeah this uh th- this seems like uh you know obviously it's it it's uh it, we're in a situation where it's all hands on deck now and we're dealing with uh you know again we're dealing with uh you know so much and you know on a daily basis and folks are scared you've been here for some years and you you understand that you're part of the fabric of this community now uh and, and folks are scared and and they and they're, and they're frustrated uh, and and they just don't know what to do. So uh, this uh, this insertion, and of course, you know, we don't hear a lot about 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 the, what you do in the marshal service because what you do is, as you say, targeted and specific uh, to a certain type of individual. I was talking earlier uh, about uh, there was a press conference held today uh, by the U.S. Attorney uh, in the Western District uh, about these Glock switches. And how and how very very dangerous they are, uh, but again, it turns uh, basically a semi-automatic uh, weapon into an automatic weapon, and I'm sure that that's probably one of the things that you, uh, you know, the marshal service are probably targeting as well. I would imagine. Yes, sir. So uh, I was there today uh, when they did the when they did the the press conference. I was able to uh, shoot one of the Glock switches uh, yeah. just to see for myself what it feels like. But we are absolutely arresting individuals who are, you know, they have warrants for, you know, whatever the case may be, but they are armed with, uh, a lot of times they're armed, as I mentioned earlier, over the last three years, we've recovered 400 weapons off the, off the streets of Memphis. Yeah. And we are recovering individuals with Glock switches, which is extremely dangerous because it, it basically makes a, a, a handgun, 
that's a semi-automatic that you basically have to pull the trigger. Like you pull the trigger every time you want to shoot, mm-hmm. pull the trigger down and it shoots in like a, a and it shoots in a burst. So you'll have 10, 15 rounds coming out at one time and it'll, and it'll shoot until to the magazine is empty. These are extremely dangerous. And a lot of times these, these, these uh, guns fall into the hands of juveniles. And so um, it, it's, it's, it's dangerous for our, for, for our team because we're encountering these individuals that are armed with these types of killing, killing machines is what I call them. Yeah. Because these aren't used for target practice. They're used to kill. And, and so that's, that's always uh, in the front of our minds. I'm going to ask a question, and I don't know whether you have the answer to it or not, but it is a question that nags at me if every single day. Uh, where are the guns coming from? I mean, literally, we got 12, 13-year-olds running around out here with AK-47s and just handguns of all kinds. Where are these weapons coming from, and why is the accessibility uh, so easy, it seems? Well, um, unfortunately, um, we see a lot of car thefts, and we see a lot of car burglaries yeah most of the time when they break into cars they're looking for either or either uh money or guns and also unfortunately a lot of a lot of individuals feel like they can keep their weapons in in their cars your car is not a is not a safe place to keep it's not a proper place to, to store weapons mm-hmm. so uh, a lot of times when you have these uh car break-ins that's what they're looking for and that's a lot of times that's how they find them they find them um by stealing well, you know, we have seen uh, you know, a very, very big increase in these carjackings uh, each and every day. Carjackings and and a lot of people, even though we, we there's been warning after warning, don't leave these weapons, uh, you know, un- unattached in your vehicle uh, because that's when they break in. That's what they're that's what they're looking at. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it, I'm, I'm thank you for answering the question because I, I just you, it just makes you wonder. I mean, every yeah. single day, every day, multiple times a day, there there are gun crimes committed uh, in uh, in this city, but it's interesting to note that you all don't necessarily talk a lot about what you do you just have uh you just have your your agenda you just have your targets laid out and you go specifically for the people that you are tasked uh on going at in terms of the federal side of things and people need to understand too that a federal case isn't like a local case i mean if you get if you get arrested and charged in a federal case uh you're going to do some 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 substantial time which is another issue around here that seems to be a problem as well yeah, that, that is correct. There's no parole in the federal system. And whenever an individual comes into federal custody, they are in the custody of the U.S. Marshals until they're sentenced. Once they're sentenced, they go into the custody of the, of the BOP or Bureau of Prisons. But, uh, but yes, sir, you are correct. We are the custodian of federal, federal prisoners. And, uh, you know, so we are, that's why I say we're similar to the sheriff because we are responsible for that person. We're, we're responsible for their, their, uh, their, 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 um, um, their housing, their meals, their medical, uh, that, that falls on us. Mm-hmm. And um, we also, one of the things we do is judicial security. We protect federal judges. Um, another thing we do is we do uh, asset forfeiture and we do witness security. So a lot of people don't, they don't fully grasp what we do. I think we're most, probably most well known for, for the fugitive chasing. Uh, and I just, and I'll share this with you, you know, just, just last year, um, there were 289 murders in the city of Memphis. Mm-hmm. We arrested 68 of those individuals. Mm. That's 68 people that we either arrested them in Memphis or they arrested them elsewhere. Uh, some of those notable cases that I can think about that I think of is well, back on September 2nd of last year, the le- young lady who was jogging, Eliza Fletcher, yes. who, went, who went missing, yes. uh, jogging outside the University of Memphis. 
Well, the U.S. Marshal Service, we arrested Cleotha Abstin the next day in mm-hmm. Memphis. Mm-hmm. Uh, another case, uh, just four days after we arrested Cleotha Abstin, you had Ezekiel Kelly. Driving through the streets, it was shooting that, yeah. Correct, right, right, yeah, he, he shot and killed one man at about 1 o'clock in the morning, and then the rest of the thing later on that day, he shot and killed two other people. We arrested him. Uh, another case, uh, a little bit further back in the, in the past, is uh, uh, Mr. Adolph Thornton, also known as Young Dolph. Young Dolph, yeah. Mm-hmm. Young Dolph. Young Dolph was killed November 17th of 2021. Well, in January 12th, so about three or four months later, the U.S. Marshal Service arrested Justin Johnson in Indiana. So we are making a serious impact in Memphis. Uh, sometimes we're not always seen, we're not always heard, but I just want people to know that we're out there. We're with, we're with you. Uh, we we live in this community as well. Uh, this is our home, um, and and uh, you know we. We feel the pain when the yeah. community hurts, we hurt. And we, we the only way we know how to address it is just by doing what we do best. Well, listen, uh, I got to run, but thank you so much uh, for a for what you do uh, and for what all of you all do on a, on a daily basis. And really, I really appreciate you uh, coming on and sort of uh, kind of lifting the curtain, if you will, on what the Marshal Service uh, does and the important role that you play. U.S. Marshal for the Western District, uh, Tyrese Miller, uh, Marshal. Miller, thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Have a great day. You too. Thank you so much. Well, that was a very enlightening conversation. Uh, absolutely that. And, uh, you know, it's nice to know uh, that, uh, you know, all is not lost. And, and whether we see things happening or not, things are happening. Uh, we're going to take our final break of the broadcast. And when we come back, uh, we're going to shift gears and talk a little entertainment uh, on this uh, edition of uh, Real Talk Memphis. I'm Chip. We'll take a quick one and we'll be right back. If you like Real Talk, here's a way you can get involved. Do you have a show topic idea or suggestion? Want to be considered a guest or have a guest idea? Then send Chip a message on his Real Talk show page and you can be a part of the Real Talk experience. So as he always says, go out and tell somebody. We'll be right back. WYXR doesn't go to sleep at night. We keep the music moving. Memphis music, that is. When our DJs clock out, our automation clocks in with music right from our community. Produced, performed, and written by Memphians, or in Memphis. Some are hits, and some are rarely heard, but they all tell the story of one of the world's greatest music cities. Visit wyxr.org for playlist and scheduling information. Email submissions at wyxr.org to let us hear your Memphis music. We may just play it. Get Real Talk on the TuneIn mobile app under WYXR, and he's now streaming live on Facebook. And you can also catch a rebroadcast on YouTube. Just put WYXR in the search box and hit subscribe. Now back to more Real Talk with Chip Washington. Real 
And welcome back to Real Talk Memphis on this Monday evening. Chip here with you. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, to get away from uh, talking about and thinking about the madness, uh, you know, we turn to other forms. And entertainment is a, is a, is a, is a, is a big part of that. And, of course, uh, Orpheum Theater is a crown jewel in our city and brings some of the best uh, theater entertainment anywhere uh, in this country. And we're going to talk a little bit about that right now uh, with uh, Brett Batterson. He is the president and CEO of the Orpheum Theater Group. And, Brett, it's great to see you. Thanks for coming on the show. Well, thanks for having me on the show, and thanks for all those nice words you just said. Man, look, we are, look, I love the Orpheum, and I, and I love a lot of the a lot of the, the uh, productions that you all bring to the city, as do thousands of other folks. And of course, you have a, a, a season coming up now, and you have a, a pretty good lineup of uh, entertainment for a lot of folks to see. Kind of give us a little bit of a rundown of what uh, we can expect this season. Yeah, well, we just announced our Broadway season in the spring, and season tickets are selling briskly. Uh, still for sale, but it kicks off in October with Funny Girl, the revival of the classic musical that made Barbra Streisand a star. Mm -hmm. uh, that's followed up on Halloween night, opening on Halloween night, Beetlejuice, which is a uh, musical retelling of the movie. Yeah. Quite accurate, quite a bit of fun. It's just terrific. Yeah. And then uh, we follow that up with Six, which is the most requested show I had all of last year. Everybody kept coming up to me. When six coming to Memphis? Well, it's coming. And uh, that is the story of the six wives of Henry VIII. And they spend the show basically arguing about who had the worst marriage. <laughs> Henry the ones who got uh, divorced, beheaded, or actually survived the whole ordeal. Okay, then. All right. I uh, know. Um, a great story about girl power. It's a lot of pop music type, uh, type music. Okay. A lot of great lights and costumes and dancing. Just a, a great, great show. Cool. Then after the holidays, we've got Company, the Stephen Sondheim classic, followed by uh, Les Miserables, which as you know, is a, is a classic Name as is. well. And mm -hmm. Everybody knows what that show is. Yes, yes. Then in the middle of that, we're bringing uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, the uh, stage version of the movie again, and it's the story that we all know and love about the man who wants to be with his children so badly that he goes to extreme measures mm -hmm. to uh, spend time with his kids. Mm-hmm. Then we have Wicked returning. Wicked, um, Wicked. That's the yeah. That's the like you. You don't have to talk about Wicked. Everybody kind of knows about that show, don't they? Everybody knows Wicked. It's been a big hit for a long time. Yeah, and we're always happy to bring it back to Memphis. Then we close out the season with Mamma Mia, another classic. Mama the Mia. musical. Yes, sir. The musical that started the jukebox musical craze. Yeah. So it's a great Broadway lineup coming up, and we're really excited to bring them all to Memphis. It, it really is. And, uh, you know, uh, you, you bring uh, tremendous entertainment here each and every year. Uh, I know there's a lot of logistics that go into, you know, bringing certain shows at certain times of the year that you have to sort of juggle. Uh, is it is challenging? Uh, it can be pretty challenging, I would imagine, sometimes. Am I correct? Well, you are, and it takes a lot of my time. A lot of my time is on the phone to agents in New York going, this show should follow this show, this show should come on this date. The fact that I got Beetlejuice to open on Halloween, I think that's a coup. That is a coup. Uh, that's a big deal there. Yeah. That's a big that's deal. That's a big deal. Yeah. It's kind of like the first time we brought Hamilton and we got it uh, to be over the 4th of July holiday. I mean, how can you beat that? Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it is a challenge, but a lot depends on what the schedule is for the tour and when it's convenient uh, for the company to get here from another city. So there's a lot of pieces that have to fall have to fall into place to make it work. Uh, you mentioned Hamilton. I have to tell you, that's one of the best shows. I, I don't go to a lot of plays, but that's one of the best 
shows I've ever seen ever. I mean, Hamilton was just, I mean, it was it was really, really good. It really was. Yeah, I can't disagree with you. I, I think it's a terrific piece of theater, uh, genius uh, writing and storytelling, and uh, just a great cast. I mean, everything about it is just great. So, you know, recently, uh, I think it was a few days ago, last week, uh, you all sort of uh, debuted, a, a, you know, you have the Walk of Fame out there in front of the uh, Orpheum Theater, you know, all the performers and actors and folks and, you know, people can see their names and their stars. But you recently did a, a Walk of Fame in front of the Halloran Center. Uh, tell me what the thinking was behind that. Yeah, so the Halloran Center has been open eight years and we've had uh, probably about 70 artists have played the Halloran Center in those eight years. And they've all been top-notch, just highest quality artists. So we wanted to salute them in a way that's uh, very similar to what we have in front of the Orpheum. But the sm- the stars are a little bit smaller because the Halloran's a little bit more intimate space. But they recognize all the great people that have played Mary Wilson, one of the original Supremes, um, J.D. Souther. Um, gosh, I can go on and on. The Barquets, Stax Legends, Motown Legends. It's just a great little salute to all the wonderful artists who played the Halloran Center. And I remember, I think I read uh, Boo Mitchell and uh, Kurt Whalum, and I mean, just there's just there's so many, uh, and it really sort of uh, reminds you or reminds us of just how tremendously talented uh, performers are in this city. So many of them, uh, you know, have really cut their teeth in Memphis. And it really does bring to fore, uh, you know, really uh, in, in terms of the perspective, there's a lot of talent in our city and, and it, it translates all over the world, doesn't it? It does. And we, we have tried to make the Halloran Center a, a showcase for that talent. And like you say, the, the number of artists that we included in these stars from Memphis, still living in Memphis, still making it their home, still making music in Memphis. It's just fantastic. And and Boo Mitchell, Gary Goins is among the, the yeah. list. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Van Duren. It just goes on and on, the talent in this city. Well, you know, I, 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 you've been here for a few years now, and I think I'm going to leave you with uh, just, a, just a simple question. Uh, you know, I know you love what you do, uh, and you do what you love, but what makes... Uh, the Orpheum Theater such a special place, in your opinion? Well, I, I appreciate you asking that because I really do believe it's special to most Memphians. Um, and I think that if you ask most Memphians, they have a specific memory about going to the Hall- or the Orpheum and experiencing either live theater or a concert that they really love mm-hmm. or some special event. Um, and I think it's I think it's the memories. I think it's the history. And I think it's the fact that we're still bringing great entertainment. We're not resting on the laurels of the past. And I think Memphians treat us very well, and we hope we can treat uh, our city the same way in return. Listen, man, we appreciate you. We appreciate uh, the Orpheum. We appreciate all the shows, the fine uh, entertainment that you bring us. Uh, Thank you for coming on the show tonight and kind of uh, giving us a rundown of this season. I'm sure it will be another very successful season for you and all of the Orpheum uh, staff and uh, and folks you have out there. Thanks, uh, thanks, Brett, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on, Chip. I appreciate that. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that wraps up uh, another wonderful edition of uh, Real Talk Memphis. And I, I, you know, I'm always appreciative of uh, the guests that come on the show that are willing to come on and talk for a few minutes. But more importantly, I'm really appreciative of uh, folks uh, who are, are watching us, checking us out. I see Kenneth Poole, uh, Catherine Logan. This is on the Facebook Live. Trina Harris. Uh, Marquita Jones-Williams, my friend, she's watching tonight as well. And uh, I see 
Bishop Bob Midget is on the line. Of course, I, I mentioned a few other folks earlier this evening. It's it's it really is Johnny Curran. I see you, man. Uh, listen, uh, it, it really is a pleasure to come in here and do this show each and every week. And, uh, you know, we want to continue to grow this show. Each and every week, we want to grow this show. And I need your help to be able to do that. If you like what you see, if you like what you hear, uh, please tell folks to check out Real Talk Memphis each and every Monday. Uh, you know, we work hard to try to bring you the best uh, guest uh, that we can in order to get, provide entertainment, provide information, and everything else that goes along with it. And as Lola plays us out, uh, you know, once again, uh, I humbly thank you. We've been doing this now here for uh, almost three years uh, at this particular station, uh, and it has really been a, a great ride. Uh, but again, uh, everything I do uh, is predicated on the support that uh, you all bring uh, to this broadcast each and every week, and I thank you sincerely for that. Uh, so as we prepare to get out of here for Bryn, for Lola, for Nicole, uh, I'm Chip, uh, and uh, I want you to be safe, be careful out there, Keep your head on a swivel. Pay attention to what is happening in our city because it affects each and every one of us. And until next time, we are out. Take care. It's real talk. It's real. It's real. It's real talk.